0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Business Book. I'm your host, Derek Lewis. Today, we're going to be talking about how to craft a great title for your business book. I want you to understand why it is incredibly important that you invest a lot of time in picking out just the right one for your book and your audience. Then I want to take you through the, the hierarchy, the, the five C's that I've created to use as a, a criteria whenever you're evaluating all the different ideas you've had for your book. I want to tell you some of the, the pitfalls, some of what not to do whenever you're picking out a, a title for your book. And then I'm going to take you through a short exercise that I use with my resources and, and the, the books I've written and the books that I've, I've ghostwritten the exercise that I walk my authors through for us to come out with, um, with a great title so first of all I need to convince you of the importance of crafting a, a great title so you may have a, a title in your mind that you're already in, in love with and that's that's okay for right now but just for a second just put your your predispositions aside and listen to me for uh, for just a few minutes I know that that business titles are, are all over the map and you've got everything from you know, how to run a retail store uh, how to uh, how to Break into a, a career as a, as a commercial real estate uh, developer, all the way to the obscure, like Blink or Outliers, uh, all the way to the um, to the absurd, a la Seth Godin's uh, Purple Cow and, and Meatball Sunday. So there are some bestsellers that are. You know, whose titles, they, you don't even know what the book is from the, the, the title itself. And there are some books that are completely clear, but the book never moves off the, the shelf. Whenever you're looking at uh, the titles of, of business books, you need to isolate the variable, as they used to, to teach us in, in elementary school or in, in, uh, in science. So Seth Godin and Malcolm Gladwell, because they are so famous, they already have such a great platform, it really doesn't matter what they named their book. Malcolm Gladwell's next book could be uh, Disparaging Hobgoblins, and it would be a, a number one bestseller. Not because of its title, but because of the author. Then there are books that don't have... Really, really that great of a title, but because the um, the author did some fantastic um, marketing, the uh, the books were bestsellers. So, for instance, um, the Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, and I'll, uh, understandably, it's not uh, it's not a business book; it's a it's um, a religious book, but. The, the title isn't really that you know, catchy I mean, we all want purpose in our life but I mean, if you go to the self-help section I mean, just about every one of them promises to have a, a better life or purpose or find meaning uh, Rick Warren although he was the the pastor of a, of a pretty big church um, his name isn't nationally known it's not like he was um, a, a U.S. senator or a Or a media mogul But Rick Warren uh, Did some really smart Marketing with his book And it ended up being a a bestseller. So Sometimes books are are Best sellers Because of of Factors other than the, the title So if we want to If we really want to look at effective titles We have to isolate That title So we need to get rid of who the author is. We need to, to not look at their marketing techniques. We need to look at a title that that doesn't have um, doesn't necessarily have to have a great design or a great cover. We need to to look at titles just in and of themselves. So, basically, what I'm saying is that a great title should be able to sell the book. All by itself Without the person ever Seeing the cover Without knowing who the author is Without having uh, Been reached by any other kind of marketing If all there is 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 somebody comes across Just the title of the book They hear somebody say it on the radio They hear somebody mention it on on the, the train If they'll buy the book Based on the title alone That is a successful title The two of the best examples in business that I know of that hit all the criteria that I talk about. You know what, actually, let me tell you a funny story before I tell you that. So I have a a ghostwriting colleague who was, um, I don't know, we were talking about our kids or something, and uh, uh, he mentioned how that he mentioned a, a book that he had come across how to to train a toddler how to potty train a toddler in a week ladies and gentlemen i don't have to know anything else i don't need to know who the author is i don't need to know what kind of credentials they have i don't need to know anything else besides just the title of that book to make me want to buy the book the title alone made a sale now once I get the book, you know, whether I implement it, whether I follow, you know, the author and whether I believe them, that's another issue. But the title isn't supposed to convince me of all those other things. The title is just supposed to get me to it's just supposed to grab my interest and ideally get me to to buy the book. And so, um, you know, before I had children that book wouldn't have been too big of a of a interest to me, but once I've had children, and since I'm in the middle of trying to potty train a toddler, yes, I don't need to know anything else to go on Barnes & Noble, right then, order the book, and have it shipped to the house. So, In business, two of the best examples that I know of, where it doesn't matter who the author is, or the, the cover, or the platform, the marketing, anything else, just the titles alone, enough to sell the books. Two best examples, Book Yourself Solid by Michael Portman and The 4-Hour Workweek" by Timothy Ferris. So if you are a service provider of any kind, if you're a salesman of, of any kind, if you're a freelancer, if you're a, a medical professional just the the idea of being able to be booked solid is so tantalizing it's so compelling that it it would make you take a look at the book and the book is a great book but the title itself captures your interest enough to grab your attention and especially if you are a business owner struggling with, uh, with sales or if you're a service professional Struggling with having enough clients Come in Then you're absolutely that, that title is going to ring All kind of bells in your head The 4 hour work week uh, So Timothy I mean he, He's a really smart guy It is A, a thought provoking book Regardless of, of Whether you agree with everything in there or not um, but the title itself holds such promise. The four-hour workweek. Who in their right mind wouldn't want a workweek of only four hours? The title is so compelling. S- holds so much promise that you can't help but at least want to investigate it and probably go ahead and, and just buy it. Just, just because it's got that powerful of a title your book's title hopefully should be that powerful. That your readers, your market, your audience, you don't have to be uh, incredibly uh, well known. You don't have to be uh, at the fore of your, your field. You don't have to be well known. You don't necessarily have to have a great marketing platform. All these other things help. But if you have a great title, that alone should be able to help convince people to, um, to at least look at your book. If not, go ahead and, and buy a copy. Now, like I said, all those other things support, all of those other things help. But if you have a great platform, if you are well-known, but yet you write a title that's obscure that people don't understand or that doesn't look like it's relevant to your field, then all of those things, then your title is going to work against you, I guess is what I'm I'm trying to say. So out of all the time that you put into your book, crafting the best title that you can is the most important time that you can put into your book. I know authors spend hours and hours on the content and should we put this or shouldn't we put that and going through making sure that everything looks beautiful and lovely. But your readers don't start on the inside, they start on the outside. They have to have their interest piqued by your title, then by a professional looking cover, then by a professional looking layout. They have to think that your credentials are good The sales copy on the the book has to be compelling They have to get through all of that Before they actually get into the meat of your book So while an author writes their book from the inside out The reader comes from the exact opposite They start from the outside and work their way in And the first thing is your title and your cover we're not going to talk about covers in this episode. I'm not a graphic designer. Um, but uh, your cover is the best place that you can invest money in your book. But the best place to invest time is with your title. All right. So enough of, uh, of trying to convince you um, how important it is. Let's move on to actually the hierarchy that I've created for evaluating great business books. So this hierarchy, it's like Maslow's uh, hierarchy of of needs. You have to have one before you can have, uh, before the others matter. So the five R, the five C's are, number one, your title has to be clear. Number two, it has to be compelling. Number three, it has to be catchy. Number four, it has to be clever. And number five, it needs to be uh, continuous. Now, numbers four and five are, are reaching a bit. If you can do those, if you can make it to number five, then awesome. But really, the first three are, um, are where you need to concentrate um, getting your, your, your title to. So first and foremost, the title of your book needs to be clear. Your author, excuse me, your audience should understand what the book is, what it's about. In the one hundred best business books of all time, Jack Covert and Todd Satterston talk about the the real reason that we read business books is because we have a problem. If you're a if you're a professional salesman, and uh, you're having trouble uh, getting people to to call you back, if you are a mid-level manager and you're having a a problem with uh, motivating your employees, if you're a startup entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out how to implement a a culture of of integrity and, and quality and the mindset of ownership, one of the first things that we do is go look for books that help us solve those problems If you have a problem Or if you have a, you know an, an, an issue Maybe you haven't identified it as a problem But you're listening to the radio Or you're browsing through, uh, through some web pages And you see the, the title of a book And it speaks to that problem Then all of a sudden the light bulb goes off in your head Oh, maybe this book can help me with this challenge I'm having Or with whatever's going on so first and foremost your book needs to speak to your business readers problem. If they don't get it they're not going to take the time few are going to take the time to investigate any further. There are thousands and thousands anywhere between 6 and 11,000 Business books published every year. There's no way in the world everybody can get through, can get through them. If if a book doesn't catch our eye, we forget about it. We file it in the, um, you know, we round file it, and uh, probably never think of it again until we have that particular problem. And then once we have that problem, maybe we'll recall the book. So first and foremost, the number one. Criterion is that your title has to be clear. So, let me give you a couple of examples of titles that are abundantly clear. Um, writing nonfiction—maybe not a business book, but um, it's uh, for me, being a, a writer—that is uh, that's abundantly clear. I'm, I write nonfiction. Writing nonfiction speaks to a problem, a challenge that I have. The business classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. There's no question in your mind what that book does. It teaches you how to win friends and and, and influence people. Um, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace, that speaks to uh, personal finance. Everybody would love to feel peaceful. They'd love to feel secure in their finances. It's an abundantly clear title. Death by Meeting (laughs) another great title everybody hates hates meetings the 100 best business books of all time I mean I don't know that you can get any clearer than than that so those books you know some of them uh, they may meet some of the other criteria that we're going to talk about but in the very least they are clear Now, number two a great business title is compelling. That is, it makes a, a promise. It speaks to the maybe the emotional benefit that the the book is is going to provide. So, for instance, with financial peace, Dave Ramsey could have named it, uh, you know, how to do better with your personal finances or how to save more money. And that would have been clear, but he speaks directly to the the f- emotion that we all want to have, that, that peace whenever it comes to our finances. And so his book's title isn't just clear, it's also compelling because it gives us a, a promise of, of what the book is going to deliver on. Um, the four-hour work week is compelling because we all would love to have a four-hour work week. Who wouldn't? Um, The one-minute manager is compelling because everyone's pressed for time. We'd love to be uh, better managers of the resources and the people that we have. Being able to, to do that in just one minute, whether that's taking a minute to learn or taking one minute to improve, that benefit in such a short amount of time is, uh, is compelling. So number three, if your title is clear and compelling, if you can make it catchy, then then Great. And by catchy, I mean it should be easy to remember. So if you have uh, a title that is abundantly clear and compelling, but it's 12 words long, or it's loaded with all kinds of of hard-to-say or hard-to-remember words, whenever uh, somebody who's read your book wants to go recommend it to someone else, or if they hear about it on the radio or they read about it um, in an article somewhere And they want to go recommend it to somebody How hard is it going to be for them to remember The name of, of the book So your book ideally Your title, excuse me Should be something that is easy for them to, to say Easy for them to remember Now, There are a couple of, of different ways That you can be catchy You Your title can have uh, just a few words and especially just a few simple words. So good to great, built to last, uh, Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog. Those are, those are catchy. Um, something that is alliterative or that rhymes is another great way to be catchy. So good to great, uh, the, the G's are uh, alliteration. Um, quest for the Best rhymes quest and best uh, The Fred Factor has, uh, has alliteration in there um, It's Your Ship doesn't rhyme, it's not alliterative but it's, it's short and it's to the point um, Why We Buy is alliterative and it rhymes. The Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. Another um, another device you can use to make your your title catchy is uh, is to let it be rhythmic. So Marshall Goldsmith's What Got You Here Won't Get You There. It's long. Um, let's see, what are we looking at? Seven, eight words? Yeah. What got you here won't get you there. So one, it's it's parallel, right? So what got you here won't get you there. Uh, and it's also rhythmic. It's the ba-bum, ba-bum, bum What got you here won't get you there. There aren't a whole lot um, uh, of titles that are rhythmic like that, but... If you can find a way uh, to make it, then then awesome. So the point being here that there are a number of different ways to make your title catchy. Um, And you need to investigate all of them. So before we move on to number four and five, again, the first three. If your title is clear, if it's compelling, and if it's catchy then you've got a good, solid business title. Going on to to criteria four and and five, they're great, but sometimes with the title or the creativity or the time constraints that you have, you just can't get there. If you can hit the first three, though, you're in really good shape. Number four is to be clever. So this is... Honestly, this is where a lot of people start. They, they want a title that is, is clever or intriguing at the beginning. And if you can hit it, great. But you can't sacrifice clarity for being clever. Let's see. So a clever title would be um, Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership. In, it's a longer word, and it's a made-up word, but you understand what the gist of the book is. The leadership of, uh, of an entrepreneur, entre-leadership. It's clever. And in being clever, he didn't sacrifice clarity. He didn't sacrifice uh, the compelling promise and it's clever because he's taken two words and created uh, a third one that didn't exist before. It's unique. Uh, rework is a great example of a clever title. So it's it's only two. It's one word, two syllables. So it's it's catchy. It's clear that they're talking about remaking work, or at least redoing work. It is compelling because most of us hate, I don't, I work for myself, but most people hate uh, the workplace or their job or how they work. Maybe hate's a strong word, but uh, I think it's something like 60% of American employees surveyed report that they are disengaged from their job that's just a depressing number so Rework uh, it hits those first three but it's also uh, it's also clever Uh, Freakonomics was neat Um, it's decently clear it is um that's definitely clever. Uh, Roy Williams, the Wizard of Ads, gets high points. Because uh, it's clear what he's talking about. There's a little bit of a, of a promise in there when we're talking about magic. The uh, The clever part, though, is that it sounds like the Wizard of Oz. So it's, it's, cl- it's easy to remember the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Ads. But it's clever because it's that little twist at the end. Um, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield is a little gem that everybody should read, and it's clever because it's uh, it's a mix-up of Sun Tzu's The Art of War, which just about every business person has uh, either been exposed to, and uh, many have even have even read. So by taking something so well known and alluding to it just by switching the words the war of art makes it makes it clever uh, probably one of my favorite titles is simply your marketing sucks so it's not alliterative it doesn't rhyme uh, but <laughs> it's certainly catchy because it's so memorable it's so blunt your marketing sucks that's clever because because it's so blunt. It's so um, I can't really think of of, of the word, but it, uh, it it makes it into the into the list. Number five. This is really this is the holy grail. Um, I've I haven't hit uh, a number five, honestly, in um, in some of the the books that uh, that I've authored. I'm not sure that it, we've hit a number five in uh, in, in a rare case with uh, with my authors. It's um, it's just it's difficult to uh, to achieve, to hit all of these other four and to hit number five, which is. Um, to be continuous So in other words to set your book up For a series Because ideally You don't want to write just one book You want to write a book And then you want to follow it up with another one And then follow it up with another one And if you can play off Of the title of the previous book Those two titles will reinforce Each other And each book Each book's title will help sell The, um, the other book So, for instance, um, the one-minute manager. So, Ken Blanchard uh, came out with the one-minute manager. Then there was the one-minute entrepreneur, the one-minute manager meets the monkey, uh, how a last-minute manager conquered procrastination. And honestly, if I'd have been Ken with the last one, I'd have just named it the last-minute manager, and then conquered procrastination could have been the, the subtitle. So Ken came up with a great title that lent itself to being a, a series of books. Michael Gerber did that with the E Myth. So there's the E Myth, the E Myth Mastery, the E Myth in Real Estate, the E Myth in uh, Lawn Contracting, the E Myth in I mean he's got a he's got a whole series of uh, of the E Myth. So not only does the book stand uh, the title, uh, was it the title of one book, but it also spawned all of these other ones. Uh, Tim Ferriss did that with the 4-Hour Workweek. Uh, the title just easily lends itself to uh, the 4-Hour whatever, and so he did that, right? He came out with the 4-Hour Body and the 4-Hour Chef. And if you've read the 4-Hour Workweek and you loved it, then, if you want to know how to be an easier cook and, and employ Tim Ferriss's strategies with um, uh, with your health, then you're going to go ahead and purchase the Four Hour Body or the Four Hour uh, the Four Hour Chef. You don't have to know. You don't. They don't even have to tell you that it's Tim Ferriss because the other title has such a strong association with him. As soon as they say the Four Hour Anything, you immediately think. The four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss, uh, the guy Mark Stevens, who uh, who come up came up with your marketing sucks. Absolutely lends itself to a series. So uh, your anything sucks. So your company sucks, which he came out with. Your management s- sucks. He uh, also wrote that. And you can put anything else you want to in there. Your leadership sucks. Your financing sucks. Your accounting sucks. Your, your marriage sucks. <laughs> he came up with a, a title that lends itself to being used over and over and over again. Now, those are the five C's of, of titles. Now let's talk about subtitles. It is my opinion that every business book should have a subtitle. And I call a subtitle, it's your title's wingman. It's not up front, but it's there to to reinforce. It's there to back up the, uh, the main guy. And to pick up the slack where he fails. So Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, that title in and of itself, it's not clear what you're talking about. The e-myth. What does, that, what does that mean? So Michael Gerber had to have a, a subtitle that was clear because his primary title wasn't clear. So your subtitle has to pick up the slack, has to do the job that your main title didn't do. Right? So Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog... I mean, is that a is that a book, a collection of jokes? Is that a, a community? No idea. So he had to have a, a clear and compelling subtitle, 21 Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. That's clear and that's compelling. Um, uh, Jack Straight from the Gut. So if the the title of the book is actually Jack, Straight from the Gut is the subtitle. But because Jack is such a a common name, without seeing him or GE's logo on the cover, you wouldn't really understand what Jack they were talking about. I mean, Jack and Jill went up the hill? But what what is that? So here the subtitle has become such an integral part of the, the book that you can't really separate them. It had to do the rest of the job. Straight from the gut Now with Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Because the, the title did such a great job In being clear, compelling, catchy, and clever I guess if he wanted to He'd probably try to set it up for a series But because the title did so much work in and of itself the subtitle didn't have to pick up the slack. So the subtitle could actually take the the reader a little bit deeper into the idea of the book. So the subtitle is 20 Years of Practical Business Wisdom from the Trenches. So with Dave's title covering uh, at least four of the five C's, the subtitle could shift from selling the book to selling the author. And Traditionally, that's what your, the, the author bio does. But because his title did such a great job, his subtitle could go ahead and, and start doing some of that work. If you have a really great title, then your subtitle can, can amplify that. Uh, Four-hour workweek, the same way. The subtitle is Escape 9 to 5, Leave Anywhere, and Join the New Rich. So because his title hit all five C's, the subtitle can go from uh, piquing your interest to painting this tantalizing vision of the life that you could have. So it's gone from selling the, 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 the book itself to selling the dream that the book uh, tries to deliver on. So now let's talk about some things, some common pitfalls that you should absolutely avoid on your journey towards trying to make the, the perfect business title. Number one, don't sacrifice clarity or a compelling promise just to be clever. I promise your cleverness impresses me. It will impress everybody, but if it doesn't sell the book, then your cleverness wasn't really that smart. Another common pitfall so many authors fall into is using industry-specific jargon. Your book should be clear. Your book should be aimed at your at your primary audience: mid-level managers, real estate investors, uh, CEOs, uh, female boards, uh, female members on the board of directors, whoever your reader is. That's who the title should speak to, but your title shouldn't speak to them, to the exclusivity of everyone else. So if someone's trying to get into, into real estate, for example, and you use uh, jargon or slang that, people, that only people in the industry know, then you're going to skip a lot of people who are on the outside, who, who don't know. I am a big fan of What Color is Your Parachute? And uh, Richard Boyles has been publishing that new edition of of that book every year since, what, 1976 or 77, something like that. Amazing amount of time. The book's been a phenomenal bestseller because it's been on the shelves for so long, because it is such a great career guide, because of so many things, but... Not because of the title. The title, the title is clever, um, and the title is clear, but only to people who understand the illusion. So he's talking about uh, whenever you you leave uh, one career for the next, you're you're jumping ship. You're you're jumping out of a out of an airplane. So maybe in the newspaper you've heard. Um, about CEOs being fired and their golden parachute. They have a you know, $13 million severance pay or something crazy like that because they did an awful job. They're only going to get $13 million in severance. That's their golden parachute. So The parachute is this, this metaphor for, uh, for switching careers. and that's, And that's what the book is about. It's a career guide. But unless you instantly get that reference... The title by itself, you're not really sure where um, where the book's coming from. Last but not least, don't don't oversell your book. If you promise, you know, like one of those late night infomercials, you know, send me ten dollars, and I'll send you this book that promises how to. Uh, clean your teeth and clean your house and and, uh, give you a million dollars in your bank account every other day and make sure that your kids grow up to be great contributing citizens and uh, you'll be handsome and sexy and young for as long as you live. Yeah, that's very clear, what you're selling. Um, Yes, it's quite compelling, but it oversells. Don't use words that are, are meaningless don't use fluff in your, in your titles. Don't be zealous. Don't, don't oversell it to the point that it's, it's, it's empty. It's void of, of meaning. Your title needs to pack a punch. That punch needs to have some serious strength behind it. Now let me just walk you through the, a quick exercise that, that I do. Whenever I want to to brainstorm business titles, number one, I decide from the outset we are not going to pick a business title until we have brainstormed one hundred. So uh, I go get in on Microsoft Word, you know, do a numbered list, number one, and then I you know type in a, a title. And then number two, and all the way down to 100. I don't stop at 90, not 95, not 99, 100. I cannot decide on a title until we have 100 potentials. Now, we don't do this all in, in one setting. You know, sometimes it takes uh, a couple of days. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks. Sometimes it takes a couple of months. Whenever you're doing this for yourself. Number one, don't worry about whether the title works or not. Whenever you're brainstorming, just forget about uh, critiquing yourself or, or saying, "No, that, that just that wouldn't work. Just go ahead and put it in. If, if you know that you're going to get you're going to write a hundred titles, then you know that 99 of them are going to go in the trash. So don't worry about what goes in the trash But you have to work through some of the trash Before you can really get to the gold Now the good news is That not all of those titles are going to go in the trash For me, whenever I was doing this with the Business Book Bible uh, I found my subtitle In that list of potential titles Not only that, but I've often found uh, that the the chapter headings or the chapter subheadings inside of, of that list of 100. So you're not actually going to throw those 99 away. A lot of them you're going to be able to use elsewhere. And some of them may even make great titles for blog posts or reports or journals or other things that, that you write. Um, so don't worry about whether this it makes perfect sense for your book. Just work through and keep working until you have a hundred titles down. Then you can go back and evaluate them according to the five C's. This title, okay, is this title clear? No, it's not clear. Well, so it, it doesn't get past step one. This title, is it clear? Yes, it's clear. Is it compelling? No. Is it catchy? No, but it's very clever. It's clear and clever. If it doesn't pass inspection number two, I, uh, um, hierarchy level number two where it's compelling, and if it doesn't pass hierarchy uh, level three where it's catchy, it doesn't matter if it's clear. You can't, uh, excuse me, it doesn't matter if it's clever. If it's not compelling and, and catchy, then there's a better title somewhere. So you keep on going through until you find a title that is, that in the very least is clear and compelling. And those, those aren't very hard. Um, I mean, basically all you have to do for a title to be clear and compelling is to just promise the the reader something. So, for instance, The Well-Fed Writer, um, it is catchy, but the catchy almost doesn't matter because it's so clear and it's so compelling. If you're a freelance writer or a writer of any kind, that book, you don't have to know anything else. You don't have to know that Peter Bowerman is a 20-year veteran of the industry or that he's well-respected or that the book is on its, I forgot what, rep- reprinting, and now I think even on the second or third edition. The title alone is so compelling that you want to get the, the book. So go through all 100. See how it stacks up against the the five Cs. And don't skip one one. Criterion, just because uh, it fulfills some of those others, it's got to be clear, then compelling, then catchy. And if it's all three of those things, then you can get clever. And if you can even find a way to make a series out of it, then wow, you've done you've done better than uh, than I usually do. So, I know that that's a lot to to take in, but. I also know that this is again the most important place that you can spend your time. The most important words of your book are the ones on its cover your Your business title deserves hours of brainstorming and and thinking and 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 um, measuring its its effectiveness and don't be afraid to to Throw your title up against uh, friends and family and colleagues and, and strangers, people on, online. What do you think about this title? Does this, you know, does does this capture your your attention? Does this make sense? Spend time getting your title right because if your title pulls in the reader that you're aiming for, then they'll look at the the your credentials and the the sales copy of the book and then. Perhaps you know, gauge the, the the table of contents, but they'll never get to all of that if they can't get past the the title. So to make it abundantly clear, what I'm trying to say is, a great title can sell the book all by itself.